Three Chuckleheads teams that are not in the Sweet 16. Two Chuckleheads here with you today. One amazing show, as always. This is Triple Threat on Blaze Radio, blazeradioonline.com. I handed out it. Harris Hicks is here along with me. I am Keith Dotley. And Harris, the first weekend has passed. The tournament is here. And we could not be more thrilled. Oh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm, I'm sad about the balls, And I'm sure you're sad about your horns as well. Probably not as sad as you are. <laughs> I was pretty distraught. I was very distraught. I'll be honest. I did. I cried. You I shed tears. Cry. I shed tears. You, a 20-year-old man, <laughs> shed tears. I am a 20-year-old man that cries. Because it, it takes a real man to cry, Keith Dolly. Especially when your sports teams are losing. If my body could metaphysically cry, I would. Because that word makes sense. I'm 40. I'm a man. Shout out Mike Gundy. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, it was, it was a crazy tournament. Uh, I was unfortunate about Tennessee, but dude, it's March. It's the best time of the year. And boy, a lot happened. And I don't know where to start. But Keith, if you had to choose one favorite moment of the whole tournament, what would you pick? It has to be the most memorable video. Five seconds it was on air about. Yeah, I know what you're talking It was Kennedy Chandler and Jawan Howard. Oh, boy. Kennedy Chandler, a one and done, bawling his eyes out. Maybe one and done. But the, the NIL could change things. Most likely one and done. I'm sorry, <laughs> Harris. But, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. especially the way he played this tournament. We'll talk about that later. But if you're talking about one moment, the pure emotion, and everyone talks about, oh, one and dones don't really care. They're just there to go to the league. Those tears were legit. Yeah. And talk about Jawan Howard. I mean, really grew on me with that after the whole Wisconsin fiasco. The whole guard thing. Exactly. Yes. Comes yeah. back, consoles a player in that situation. And, you know, I think, one, it's good for Jawan Howard's brand and may kind of wipe away what we do remember of him having physical altercations against Maryland. Possibly. A couple yeah. years ago and then this year Maryland. against Wisconsin. But, you know, and then Lampkin. Yeah. Eddie Lampkin and Tommy Lloyd a couple days later, the next day actually. Yeah. That was another situation. He did. And his free throws may have lost the form, sadly. But, you know, those moments, the human elements, that's why we love this tournament. um, Teddy Allen against UConn. I know this is if you're. (laughs) Because you were very high on UConn and. For Teddy Allen to, to score 37 points and then start dancing towards the crowd and the crowd to get into it and all of that, boy. That was pretty awesome as well. The Kennedy one was, that made me, that's what made me, like, cry. It's like, I was on the verge, like, with the Titans, I didn't cry. I was angry, but I didn't get very emotional. And now with the Vols doing that, I got very emotional. And so, it was very unfortunate, but, hey, good for Juwan to consult a player like that. Well, and good for us to be able to see the human element. You know, I mean, we love the basketball, but that's why that sticks out to me. And and along with that, I had a couple other moments that I wanted to mention just before we move on. Oh, yeah. Of course, we're going to talk about St. Peter's. Of yes. course. Have you seen their throwback logo, by the way? No. Search it up real quick. It's the coolest thing ever. St. Peter's throwback logo? Yeah, okay. the, the, the throwback peacock. It's great. But when they showed the campus shots of them going crazy, and then after they beat Kentucky, yeah, getting hyped to All I Do Is Win by DJ Khaled. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was amazing. And then, you know, Indiana's down almost 20 points. A ball gets stuck on the, the top of the on the top of the backboard. And they bring a cheerleader over. Yeah. And the whole crowd just starts cheering. Like, these just cool moments. And then, of course, how can we forget? We mentioned the Eddie Lampkin moment, but... The real moment from that TCU game, the Emmanuel Miller nosebleed. Oh, okay. That they just about that. chose. There's a lot of other moments you could hone in on in that. Only game. in the NCAA tournament will you get three straight minutes of nonstop nosebleed shots <laughs> from from straight on. Not with, from the nosebleeds in the seats, no pun intended. Didn't. Sh- but actual nosebleeds. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, awesome. there, obviously there was a lot to hone in on in that game. You could talk about was it a blocking foul, Harris, the clock stopping. They went from a shot of his nose with a bloody tissue in it to the drops on the floor, a slow <laughs> zoom out to show all the drops on the floor back to his nose, back to the play that happened. That is the best three-minute sequence of sports television I've ever seen in my life, and I know I'm ranting about it. <laughs> yeah. But we were talking on the phone during that because you were back at home, and that was amazing. As for one that gets nosebleeds all the time, I can relate. I wish that they showed your <laughs> nose nosebleeds on air like that because they are epic at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um... Yeah, there's the human element to it. And you know what the thing about St. Peter's in Kentucky is? This is what makes college sports so flipping beautiful. But all those guys, these Kentucky players, most of them are going in the NBA. Yeah. They're going to make a living putting a ball in a hoop because they're darn good at it. Putting a ball in a hoop. If you think of it, yeah. And these St. Peter's guys, outside of maybe, is it Eddard? Outside of Doug Eddard. Doug Eddard. Yeah. Swaggy. Very swaggy. Baller. Very, I love his stash. Uh, outside of Doug Eddard, maybe. Maybe. Most of those guys are going to be like insurance salesmen. To be honest. I think Doug Eddard probably will be too. I'm not going to lie. Where's going to be a darn good one? <laughs> you can get like a discount double check commercial at State Farm. Anyway. With an IL now, man. Oh, you hey, man. Know. You never know. But uh, anyway. Yeah. So they... All of a sudden, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when those Kentucky players have made their stance in the NBA and those St. Peter's players are probably like normal civilians, they can say, that, hey, we beat Kentucky in the, in the NCAA tournament and nothing can take that away from us. That's the beauty of college sports. Like I go back to like, you know, Boise State, Oklahoma. Have you read that SI article in 07? You probably haven't. But it was like... I've, I've seen the highlights of the yeah, game. Yeah, they, they talked about well, how yeah. like, they interviewed some of the players now and they were, and a couple of them like, were working for State Farm going up against like Adrian Peterson, who is an NFL Hall of Fame running back. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like it's stuff like that. That is what makes college sports so beautiful. You can get improbable victories like that. Exactly. So clearly there was so much that caught our eye, but mm-hmm. I think we need to get down to the nitty-gritty yeah. of the basketball. Can I, can I give you a couple stats to... Uh, real fast about the St. Peter's Kentucky thing. Yes, you can kiss your girlfriend on life. <laughs> Whatever. Kentucky spends 13 times as much on men's basketball as St. Peter's. Yep. 13 times as much. Uh, their third assistant for St. Peter's is not paid. paid. Not paid. K- Kentucky's assistants make more than Shaheen Holloway does. And Shaheen Holloway is probably, could be the next coach of Seton Hall. He's the most likely candidate. He's the most yeah. likely candidate, yeah. He could be racking it up bag. All because of two games. One game, actually. Did you know he already has more tournament wins than Kevin Willard? No way. That's insane. Yep. yep. What a stat. I did not know that. Also, I'm mad that I didn't realize that Seton Hall was just going to no-show because they know that their coach is gone. Right. Yeah. Gosh, why did I pick Seton Hall, dude? Especially after how TCU. good TCU's look. Yeah, I Ugh. picked TCU just barely. And I know Mike Miles is a baller, man. I yeah. don't know. Also, Kentucky. And Big Eddie. 127 NCAA tournament wins. St. Peter's, two. Historically. Now, two. Also, I want to ask you this. So, all of a sudden, Kentucky, two years ago, had their worst season in history. Now, last year, lost to a 15 seed. Is John Calipari not saying he should be fired? I don't believe that. Fire John Calipari. Because there are a right lot now. of like just triple threat <laughs> authorizes the firing. There are a lot of just impatient Kentucky fans that yep. don't understand uh, that are saying fire Calipari. Stupid. Absolutely Dumb. ludicrous. He's won you a national championship. He's one of the best coaches in the so sport. So many lead eights. In the sport, yeah. Does he come in next year with like for the first time in his career with pressure? Yeah. Yeah. I I think he's going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. Because Severe Wheeler's probably coming back. There's a chance Sheboy comes back. It seems like they're in that press in, conference that he They're bringing in really good recruits, man. Like Shadon could be back, too. Yeah. Shadon Sharp, yeah. I would guess he will be. Yeah. They're going to be really good, man. Like, yeah. I don't even really want to entertain this conversation at this yeah. point just because there's so much to get to. And, like, that's just... 
spoiled fans acting spoiled. Right. If I'm being I completely honest. You. You know? I just want to make sure and address that because it is a hot topic. And me and Ty have talked about this recently yeah. and Ty thinks it's stupid too. Yeah. You can check his Twitter if you want to see that. He's been going at it with oh, members goodness. of Big Blue Nation. Oh, goodness. Yeah. But starting, starting in the West region mm-hmm. and then we'll circle back around to the, the East region where all the chaos has been going down. So in the Sweet 16... The one seed Gonzaga, the two seed Duke, the three seed Texas Tech, and the four seed Arkansas. They're all there, but you very well, if some shots go the different a different way, you could have had a seven and eleven, a twelve and a nine. Yeah, I mean honestly, I didn't expect. I mean Notre Dame played Texas Tech decently close, and Michigan had Duke by one. Until Duke pulled away and made it in one by nine. That was a close game. Blake Wesley is a very talented freshman. He blew yes. that game. Yeah. He blew that game. Turnovers down the stretch. Bad shots. And I picked Notre Dame the Sweet 16. And I really thought it was going to happen for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the first time? I, I don't have the fact in front of me, but it's been a while since a first four team hasn't made the Sweet 16. Am I not mistaken? Um... A first, team, a first four team did not win in 2019. That's going to... Okay. All right. Gotcha. There you go. Belmont and Arizona State both lost. Forks up. And go Bruins. Those are two of my teams. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, dude, it's like... Michigan State had them down to the wire. Notre Dame did too. Texas Tech and Duke, that's going to be a really interesting game. Because both of them... Texas Tech just goes through absolute just dry spells offensively like they're very good at scoring inside and in their first round matchup they were ridiculous from three but i look at that and i'm like that came out of nowhere oh that was shocking to me 31 percent from three for the regular season there's they they scored 30 points in like the first 10 minutes and And for a team that's as poor offensively normally as they are they were in this we've talked about this show yeah like i don't need to go back into all the stats to back that claim but yeah yeah now they've always been a good interior scoring team. Like they're fifty five percent from two. That's yeah, Bryson Williams and like Duke, Kevin McCuller, Adonis Arms driving. Yeah. Right, right, and like Duke with Mark Williams could match up. Marky Mark there. and the Funky Bunch. Like Mar- yeah, and like I mean Paolo, Keels, Griffin. Like that's a big lineup, and I'm not saying it's a great lineup defensively. But I'm saying is they're big and strong enough to compete with the interior scoring of Texas Tech. If that shot isn't falling, which frankly this season. It hasn't been. So, I don't know how they're going to get their scoring consistently. I agree with you. I think it's going to be such a physical game. It will be. This is going to be one of the most entertaining games of this this tournament so far, I think. And, and this is going to be on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I Duke, am juiced for that game. And Duke's a hybrid, <laughs> offensively. Like, they have, like... The slashers like Bencaro and Keels and the shooters of like A.J. Griffin and Wendell Moore, the interior scoring of Mark Williams, they're 56% from two and 37% from three. Do we know anything about A.J. Griffin's health? We do not fully. Yeah, so that's that's, that's going to make a big... One. I think that's one of the reasons Texas Tech is favored right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm that game's going to be awesome. Which which way are you thinking it's going to go? Eileen Duke. Eileen Duke as well. Yeah. Um. I just trust their offense more, and I think in tight games. The lo- and they have more talent, too. The winner, they do have more talent. The winner, I think, will most likely lose to, I'm going to say, Gonzaga over Arkansas. Arkansas is scrappy, but Gonzaga just has... I agree with you. They're not efficient points. enough offensively. Yeah, I agree with you. They're not. Let's talk about Gonzaga for a second, because opening round, it was like 66-65 or something like that. They against Georgia, Georgia State was hanging close. Oh, against Georgia State, yeah. And then they go on a 25-2 run, mm-hmm. slam the door. Like that. And yeah. that's what the best teams do. Mm-hmm. The, be- the best teams don't dominate people for 40 straight minutes. You, they, they can, but what's really telling is going on those quick runs. Yeah. Um, Chet Holmgren's stat line was stupid, by the way. I think he was the first, maybe the first player ever to, to have, I think, like 15... 15, 5 assists, and 5 blocks in the yeah. tournament game. And it wasn't shabby against marks. Memphis, though. I'll say, that interior of Memphis kind of got to him. Like, he had 9 points in that game. Drew Timmy went off, though. Timmy went 32? Yeah. yeah, and, and Duran, I think, because, dude, you know Memphis's issue all season this year has been turnovers. They only turned the ball over 5 times against Gonzaga. 
Wait, Glomax had five assists in one turnover. Same story with Michigan State Duke. Yeah. They didn't turn the right. ball over and they hung tight. Right. These talented teams, as soon as they don't turn the ball over, yeah, they play well. Right. So, honestly, yeah, I'm taking Gonzaga. Like, Arkansas, I don't see them competing with their interior. Nimhard went off, too, against Memphis. He had 23 That's his best game in a while. Best game in a while. Now, he's an all-around good point guard. Incredibly efficient. Yeah. He's incredibly efficient. 3-1 assist turnover ratio. He is the glue. He's the glue for that team. Keeps I agree. everything together. Uh, yeah. And I don't think, frankly, Arkansas does have the, the guards and athleticism to stay in front of them. But I look at it and, like, no taste their leading score. He's their go-to guy, and he's shooting, like, 41% from the field and, like, low 30s and threes. He's shooting, thir- like, 35% from the field during the tournament. Are Putting up good numbers, but very Just high volume numbers? Yeah, yeah, so I don't think Arkansas is the possession-by-possession possession efficiency to stick with Gonzaga, and I can see Gonzaga running from that game. I agree with you completely. I do think Jalen Williams is the key in this game. Yeah, the he, only SEC team remaining, by the way. Crazy. And then lastly, before we move on from this region, you mentioned him earlier, Teddy Allen. Yep. Um, I'm not a fan of him. I think he's a showboat. I think he's done some, you know, not great things in the past. I'm very willing for him to change and everything, but... Man, did he ball <laughs> on Thursday against UConn. Yeah, now the Arkansas defense gave him some struggles, but like. As they do most as, people. As they do yeah. most people, that's a top 10 defense. But boy, against UConn, against that brick wall defensively, I don't think UConn has the guards and wings defensively to stick with him. And I think that was exposed. Because yeah. Teddy Allen, who I've been saying for a while, is like the most underrated player in college basketball. Teddy Buckets? Teddy Buckets. I remember watching him against GCU and being like, this kid is like really good. And now everyone knows it. So he's not underrated anymore. He's pretty properly yep. rated. But yeah. Well, and, and really quickly, you know, just for context, New Mexico State hit 23 field goals against UConn. Teddy Allen had 10 of them. He had four of their That's 11 ridiculous. threes. New Mexico State shot 11 of 17 from three in that game and 13 of 13 from the free throw line. And the fact that Teddy Allen really struggled. Pretty fluky. Pretty fluky. But Teddy Allen really struggled against Arkansas, and they lost that game by five points. I know. But their it, defense stepped it up. Johnny McCants and... Uh, McCants was great. Chris Henry played really well. Yeah. But yeah, 37 against UConn. One of the best tournament performances I can remember. It's up there with like... Jaw against Marquette level yeah. stuff, you know, yeah, just put the team on his back. But also, people again are talking down on Gonzaga. They caught Memphis by far the hottest nine. They're playing like a six four on tour or five right now. Right. Yeah, no, they're and playing then, like a two or three right now. And then Arkansas is a top five team in the country ever since they started their win streak. Yep. So, it, it Gonzaga. There's a scenario where the last two games were harder than their Elite Eight matchup, potentially. Yeah. There's a scenario where that's true. I'm not going to go out and say, oh, Arkansas is a better team right now than Texas Tech or Duke. No, but there's a scenario where Arkansas plays them tougher than those other two teams do. Yep. I can see that. Tough road for Gonzaga. Kind of reminds me of Illinois a little bit last year. Like, yeah, yeah they're so good, so talented. NBA players. Illinois and Memphis comparison. Exactly. So, you know. Very interesting region there. And then now to... I'm sorry, Harris, but... Oh, yeah. The South region... Oh, yeah. Tennessee's not in the Sweet 16. Nope. Michigan, one of the surprises of the, of the tournament, top five team preseason that yep. just kind of lost it and then all of a sudden got it back. Bizarre team. That's yeah, really all I can I say. Mean, Hunter Dickinson couldn't be stopped. And the thing with Tennessee that we've always been asking is if, we didn't say when, but we said if their threes don't fall, how are they going to score? Since Olivier and Kamwa got hurt, Tennessee's yep. been shooting 45% from two and 43% from three. That's unheard of. Like, 40, 45% from two has got to be like three... It's, it's definitely around 300 to 320 at yeah. two-point efficiency. And 43% has got to be, like, top five, top yep. ten. And so, obviously, if their threes aren't falling, they don't have a source of offense. And guess what? They went two for 15 from three. Now, they were a potential Eli Brooks missed sky hook. That sky hook was... That was filthy. 
that was dude that was like shades of of magic johnson sunk into michigan state yeah that was ridiculous uh i remind you like the xavier simpson former michigan point guard used to do that yeah that's guy up <laughs> it just reminded me of that. So it brought a smile to my face thinking about Xavier Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a mighty might. He was a mighty might. He really was. So yeah, I mean, for Michigan, Dickinson couldn't be stopped. They yeah. got their three point shot going. Tennessee, like you know, we've been talking about with Texas Tech, just went on a dry spell on offense. Why? Well, because their shots weren't going in. And Santiago Vescovi never showed up for that nope. game. Nope. And it's sad because Frankie Collins was a difference maker. That little freshman. He's had a great tournament. Disrupting a lot of Tennessee sets for Santiago to get open. And uh, it just comes back to Olivier Nkomo getting hurt in February and Tennessee not having an interior score. That's something that Rick Barnes will most likely address in the offseason. Irrelevant right now because it's March. But yeah, so, and for Michigan to be able to advance with Devontae Jones having a concussion, their guard play I thought would be a concern due to that. really hasn't been. Exactly. They caught a red-hot Colorado State team from three, and they could not score them in the interior. Yep. And so, yeah, no, Michigan's good. If Hunter Dickinson hits three threes on you, you know it's going to be a tough day. Yep. Now, he is averaging 24 points, eight and a half rebounds, and two and a half assists and two and a half blocks per game this tournament. Yeah. It, it's Preseason All-American at some places. Definitely second team All-American at worst. Mm-hmm. Played good this season. 18 and 8. He's dominant in this tournament. Yep. And, you know, Tennessee, What what's the weakness? They don't have an elite big man. They got bodies up there. Adu solid. Euros actually played really well that game. He actually looked for good. For once. Yeah. Did you see like when he scored like, Dickinson and he said like he's too little? Yes. <laughs> and then Dickinson had the last laugh. Euros so will like, talk. He will Oh, talk. Euros. He'll, he'll get under some, uh, some player skills. What a meme. Uh, so yeah. now Michigan has to face Villanova, who's skated through pretty unscathed. Yep. Two double-digit wins. Ohio State, I don't know. Ohio State gave them a little bit of a run for their money. They did. They still Nova won by 10. Away, but yeah. EJ Liddell was the only guy who really had it going for... The Buckeyes, you know. I mean, who knew that Ohio State, who was 140th in defensive efficiency, would give up 41 points to Loyola? Loyola, the first tournament team ever to shoot below 30% in field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage. Wow. Luke Williamson just collapsed. Yeah, yeah, he went like one for seven. That was and the biggest shock of the tournament, the line, maybe, for me. Yeah. Outside of the very clear upsets, that being a blowout really shocked me. Um, mm-hmm. I think... I'll tell you what, man. Nova's thin on the inside. Michigan has Hunter Dickinson playing out of his mind right now. I actually think if they would have played, what's that, two days from Saturday? Yeah. If they would have played Monday, I would take Michigan for sure. Why? They were hot, man. Like, yeah, they were in such out. a groove. That's why, like, if you're those 15 seeds or 14 seeds get destroyed in the Sweet 16. Because yep. all of a sudden, the weekend's gone by and you know you game plan. Your rhythm. Yeah. Exactly. So, but this is a really talented Michigan team that has a sky high ceiling. I'll take Michigan to cover. I'll yeah. take Nova to win. Better point guard, especially with Devontae Jones's health being uncertain. The Villanova doesn't have interior scoring. They're definitely better than Tennessee, but they're Eric not Dixon. too big of the interior either. Like Dixon. I no, mean, I don't think Michigan's going to be that hot. I mean, three. Slater does a good job of banging he's the what he needs guy. to. He yeah, everything. So he's. But I'll take I'll take the better coach, more experienced tournament team, and better point guard. Yep. In this one. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I would take Michigan. Would Michigan to cover though. Yep, I would too. Yeah. What about Houston and Arizona? That's a really oh interesting gosh. Sweet Sixteen. I remember I had I've had Houston go to the Final Four. Frankly, I'm sticking with it. I think the committee completely ignored their computer metrics and screwed Illinois over as a four with giving them with giving them Houston as a five. Okay, and and I know there's some Illinois fans who are talking about, man, Brad Underwood really wasted two all-time program players no. and Kofi Coburn and I would assume it, the committee really did the tournament because they gave them two top ten yep. teams. Top um, 10 on computer every metric, Houston being top five and just about everyone, two years in a row in the second round, one time they were one seed, one time they were a four seed. Yeah, man. That, yeah. That's rough. It is rough. And they've, 
Anyone saying Brad Underwood is, quote, a bad tournament coach, the tournament's a crapshoot. I don't know. He looked pretty good at Stephen F. Austin. It, yeah. when they were knocking they beat off West, West Virginia. Virginia. Exactly. Yeah, Thomas Walkup. Thomas Legend. Walkup was a bucket. Yeah, shouts shout to Thomas Walkup. But looking, at, but looking in on this game, Arizona can't have Kirk Rissa going one for ten again. They shouldn't have Kirk shoot, Rissa play. Shooting three shots. He shouldn't play. One possession shooting three threes. You see that? I'm missing all of them. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kirk Rissa is such a meme, man. He's, he's a good... I mean, he... He's really hot and cold. You're the biggest Kirk Kreese apologist on this planet. I like her. I do. He's too cocky for me, man. <laughs> Be humble. Act like you've been there before. Yeah, I mean, you know. Shout out to my dad. He taught me that growing up. You have you must have a good dad then. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> yes. That sounded. That sounded very passive aggressive. Yeah, let's just move on. Okay, <laughs> that I don't was, even know why. I that said was that. weird. I don't even know why um, I said that. Arizona's a one and a half point favorite. I'll take them. Yeah, I would. Nope. I'm taking Houston. Because, okay, you know what's going to be so interesting is U of A's massive. Like their size, they get offensive rebounds. Houston's big too. We've Houston's talked about big this. Too. Yeah. Fabian White and Josh Carlton. Who do you trust more, Kyler Edwards or Ben Matherin? Ben Matherin, no question. And who's the best big man in the game? I think it's White. Do you think it's Kowoko? I mean, Kowoko's been playing well recently. Dude, you're going against the guy who's averaging 22.5 points a game, 12.5 rebounds per game, 4 assists per game, and 4 blocks per game. It's two games. Okay, bro. He's playing as well as anyone in the country right now. Yeah, also, like, we go back to the U of A guards, though. Are they consistent enough? Ben Matherin is. But he's Kerr. I know, bro. Like... Houston like has won both their games by at least 14 points against two top 50 Ken Bob teams. Well, all I'm going to say is Arizona got a lucky call against TCU, and Houston just rolled over Illinois. So, I'm taking uh, the Cougars. I think they're they're better in computer metrics. I have Arizona too. in the Final Four. I'll, I'll take them. I got Houston in the Final Four. I'm sticking with it. Sticking with the Cougs. Okay, we're both sticking with our Final Four. I think that's what we should do. Yep. All right, Midwest region. This is a crapshoot. The top half of the region, not much <laughs> to talk about. The Spiders. Poor San Diego State. They won. They have the worst. San Diego State won. blew it. I'm so, I feel terrible. Poor Ryan Cockburner. Yeah, Ryan Cockburner getting I feel even worse terrible. for him. That was really sad. They said it'll only be out three months, though. Really? So he'll be back for next season for sure. Yeah, Creighton returns basically everyone next season. So. Dude, Arthur Kaluma and, and Trey Alexander. Yep. Yep. Two freshmen looked really good. Cockrenner will be back. Hawkins tomorrow. is gone. Yeah, but yeah, Brian Hawkins. Creighton's going to be really good in that Big East. Yeah, for sure. Kansas and took care of him though. I saw a tweet um, where Jeff Goodman said that Ed Cooley was going for one Diet Coke from the vending machine, and it coincidentally spit him out three. That was such a the good tweet. The luck continues. <laughs> yeah, good. For Providence, go over that real quick. For Providence to draw South Dakota State. And win that game because a South Dakota State player decided to run into a three-point shooter and draw a foul. And Providence was blowing their lead. They were blowing their lead, too. And this is, like, what's the formula for upsets? We've talked about this. A defensive-minded team that happens to get hot from three. South Dakota State is sub-top 200 in defense. They can't play defense. They're not athletic. So their threes against Providence weren't going in as well. Frankly, what are they if their threes aren't going in and they're not athletic enough to defend? But yet they were still in the game with Providence, and they won because of a foul. And then Providence— Okay, Providence was still up three at the time. Sure, they were, South Coast State would have a chance to tie. Exactly. I'm not saying that—I'm not giving it to—I'm just saying it would have been a different— I know. And then for them to draw— I feel like we need to give the Friars some credit. We we do. They're better than I thought. I thought that they Agreed. would lose to Iowa in the round of 32 and get caught. I think they would have lost to Iowa in the round of 32. Agreed. For but sure. the Spiders. Yeah, the Spiders, man. I mean, they have good guards, like Gilliard. And, like, they, like, you know, I remember Richmond when they were two years ago, like preseason ranked top 25, and that team just fell flat on their face. Like, they had, like the, St. Bonaventure they had the worst COVID pauses ever. Like, they as did. soon as they get going, last year was a weird year, man. Yeah, it was a weird year. And, I mean, hey, they made it to the round of 32 and won a tournament game. So Exactly. 
I do want to point out, Richmond shot one of 22 from three against Providence. Of course they did. Providence shot 12 of 22. Oh my gosh. It's just the luck doesn't stop. You know, I mean, I mean and they blew them out. They have I'm, good guard play. I'm not going to sit here and criticize a team for going 12 of 22. No. But the fact that Richmond went one of 22, you know. Yep. That's, let's see, what's the, that, that's a 33 point three-point disparity right there. Yeah, Providence so. baffles me. I, I'm getting more and more sold on them. Like, I think they're a top 25 basketball team. David McCormick versus Nate Watson is going to be interesting. Yeah. But take the Jayhawks, man. Yeah, oh, easily. i take Kansas easily, I think. If Providence makes the Final Four, we should just quit the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've hopped all aboard the fraud Vidence bandwagon, and it may blow up in our face. It might, which is crazy. Yeah. So, going to the bottom of this region. Chaos. Chaos. And the committee did this to themselves. Placing Auburn as a Go two. Off, Wisconsin Go as off. a three. LSU, a cold LSU as a six. Iowa State, who all season had one reliable score. USC, who was in close games with Florida Gulf Coast and Cal Baptist this year. Miami, good team. I'll give them that. Very low on computer metrics, though. Exactly. This whole region. The committee did this to themselves. I mean, to have I mean an 11 Miami lost to Florida Gulf Coast, didn't they? Did they really? Wow. But it. Or anyway, they barely won. It's a crapshoot. TJO should be National Coach of the Year for Iowa State. Him or Cooley? I think it should be him. Not even close. This Iowa State team was Give your won. case. Iowa State won two games last year. Agreed. Two. They weren't even supposed to be near an NIT team this year. I agree. They were supposed to be last in the Big 12. And to top it off, they did this in the best conference in college basketball. To where you don't get any days off. The worst team is ranked top 80 in the net. And you still built up a tournament resume when you weren't even able to get any of your guys there yet. You're one. And... Yeah. Very quickly, Miami lost to UCF, not Florida Gulf Coast. UCF. My bad on that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. no, Miami's, I mean, Laranaga's had a great year with Miami, too. Like, Charlie Moore's been good. Isaiah Wong's been good. He's got good scores. Um, yeah, they almost beat Duke in the ACC tournament. They wouldn't be in this situation if they did. They'd probably be, like, a nine. And this whole thing is bizarre because I remember on our show, we had Miami versus Auburn in the second round. And we said Miami is sub- Top 300 in offensive and defensive rebounding percentage. Yep. They're going to get eaten alive by Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith. And it was the opposite. This game played out so much like when Buffalo was a 13 seed and played the four seed Arizona, who had DeAndre Aiden on the inside, very intimidating front line. And Buffalo said, okay, yeah, we're just going to run on you. Yeah. We're going to run those guys out of the game. And Jabari Smith didn't look great. And Kessler was basically taken out of the game. Yeah, um, Jabari Smith got dunked on at one point. Yeah. Sam Vordenberg was sitting out hitting threes. Everything that could have gone wrong for Auburn did, and I think that's something that we need to keep in our mind of. Yes, the front lines can be dominant. Yeah. But at the same time, these teams can just run people out of the gym too. And if you don't have mobile big men, that can make it very, very hard. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I can see like the front lines being... A massive dictator. And, again, for Miami, it was the guards. For Iowa State, it's the defense. And so that'll be interesting to see that play out. And, yeah, this region's a crapshoot, Keith. Talk about getting into rock fights, man. I mean, Iowa State, they're averaging 56.5 points per game this tournament. Yeah. And they're 2-0 and with two five-point wins over six seeds or better. First game was Isaiah Brockington carrying him. Second game was Gabe Kalsher. Yep. Transfers. Good deep. And TJ Otzelberger coached those Mike Dom teams at San Diego State. They couldn't defend at all. And now he's coaching one of the best defenses in the country. Like, you were talking about TJO. That's versatility right yeah. there. Yeah. Also, like, like, Tyrese Hunter was big. In the seven threes? Yeah, hit like a big... LSU came back, and he hit like a massive step back. Like... He's a good freshman, man. Yeah, he's just getting big games from like players at just random times. If it's you're a solid guard named do. Tyrese, go to Iowa State. Yeah. They'll turn you into a draft pick. Shouts player. to Tyrese Howard. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I did want to point this out. Yeah. So, so we have a 10 versus an 11. 
Yep. In the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. That had never happened until 2011. Yeah. When Florida State played Virginia Commonwealth University. Oh. AKA VCU. Right. Coached by Shaka Smart, who. We'll get to his recent tournament <laughs> record, but, you know. Wasn't a pretty showing for the Golden Eagles. Still a very successful exactly. season, though. And yeah. so the 11th seed won that one. Yeah. 2014, Stanford, oh, who that had. Was against Dayton, right? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. That yep. was in Memphis. And then, yeah, against Dayton. Yeah. And Memphis. Look at you. I'm guessing you were at that game? <laughs> no. I oh, just yeah. remember it was in Memphis watching it as a kid. I remember that both those teams made runs and were yeah. like, what's going on? Yeah. And then they play each other. And Dayton beat the Aaron Kraft Ohio State team that year in Stanford. Yes. Yeah, and Stanford beat Kansas, I believe. Who They did. That's who they beat. They beat New Mexico as a seven, and then they ended up beating Kansas, who did not have – it was I think Embiid was not healthy. I think that's that what time. it was, yeah. And so they ended up upsetting them on that one, yeah. And then Jordan Seibert Jordan Dayton, was yeah. on Dayton. Yeah. Ohio State transfer, that's oh, right. good throwbacks. Bring man. me in my early 2010s college basketball. That's what I'm talking about, baby. This is our wheelhouse. <laughs> Syracuse yeah. and Gonzaga in 2016. Oh, so boy. this hasn't happened in six years. Yeah. For a little bit there, though, the bottom half of those regions were getting a little chaotic. We have that yet again. And Harris, which way are you leaning on this one? This is hard. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know either. Like, being completely honest, I'm going to lean Miami. Okay. I, I am going to... So just gut feeling or... I was really impressed with just how they completely destroyed Auburn. Like, Iowa State has beaten LSU off of a Tyrese Hunter step back. And they let... And Wisconsin just hung around. Johnny Davis not played well that game. Would you take Miami to cover minus two and a half? No. I would lean Iowa State 55-45. On that spread? But I'm taking the Cyclones. I mean, I'm taking the Hurricanes. I think the Hurricane is going to trump the Cyclone. Dude, that's sick. <laughs> that's sick, by the way. Yeah. Um, actually, I was at work, and some of us were talking about our tournament brackets. And yeah. um, one of my coworkers, he um, was talking about how he did a mascot bracket, and oh, yeah. he said, yeah, this matchup of the, a hurricane and a cyclone. Dude, imagine like those two things combined, like the wind and the hurricane. That'd be interesting. We're getting a little scientific <laughs> on the podcast. But, but no, yeah. I mean, like, so he got the Sweet 16 right. Yeah, probably one of the only people on this planet to get it right. Yeah, that's... Because wait. he picked a mascot bracket. That is remarkable, dude. Yep. That just shows it's a crapshoot. It is all a crapshoot. I'm going to lean Iowa State outright, too, because... Bias, Big 12 bias. Actually, <laughs> I should have used more Big 12 bias in my bracket, and I would have done better, and my dad called me out on that. Well, at least you didn't um, use SEC bias. Because that would not have worked. It did not it mean more It does not mean more of the <laughs> Same time. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my thing. Iowa State has dictated tempo so well. Mm. Now, LSU and Wisconsin both like to play slower, but... Yeah. Miami dictated the tempo well against Auburn, too, though. I think it's easier to force a slow pace than it is to force a fast pace. Yep. Give yeah. me Iowa State. Especially if you're a defensive-minded team like Iowa State is. Who's exactly. sub-100 in offense and near top 10 in defense. And plus, they've been getting help from not just Brockington. I say at Brockington because that was their issue in the regular season. Was He was the only one that was able to score He's on a really good basis. Man. But like, like really you said, good college basketball scorer. Yeah, like like Tyrese Hunter and others. Like they've been able to get other scores. So that's been the key. That's what separated Iowa State from an inconsistent, slugfest, defensive-minded team to a Sweet 16 team. Yep, exactly. So moving on now to the East region, North Carolina, the eight seed, UCLA, the four seed. So yeah, that pod played out like we thought it would. Yeah, Purdue, the three seed. Played out as it should. St. Peter's the fifth, the fifteenth seed. We're not gonna sit here and act like guys. By the way, you will not believe it. Kentucky got upset. Everyone knows that at this point. Yeah. We we mentioned it earlier. But to beat a Murray State team, a banged up Murray State team, but still to take that Handled team out, them. beat them by ten. After Murray State had probably a better game than even Kentucky St. Peter's when they played San Francisco. Indy was on something that night. Mm-hmm. 
I'll just say that much. Two OT games, both came down to the wire. I know I just put a lot out there, but no, there's was, a lot to sift through here. That was the best. Those were the two best games of the tournament so far. Is St. Peter's, uh, Kentucky, and Murray State, San Francisco. Baylor, UNC, and TCU, Arizona, and Gonzaga, Memphis would round out the top five. The I'm not going to definitively say game, top five, but or top two. But definitely both part of the top five, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sorry, I'm being vanilla and, and like, and being like I don't want to commit to that yet. Todd Golden <laughs> taking the Florida job like a day after too. Yeah. Good get for Florida and Georgia getting Mike White too. That's like a Shaka type hire. But a very good hire for them. Yeah, yeah, it's a good hire for them. So that, I know we got off getting off topic for that, but yeah, I mean Purdue St. Peter's like we've doubted. I want I want to have like. A little bit of an apology, because I think we doubted Purdue a little bit too much. I picked them to the Sweet 16 in my bracket. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. I picked Texas because, you know why? This is what I said. Oh, gosh. We're going to start talking about this. I said, yeah. I said their guards are actually athletic enough to stay in front of Jaden Ivey, and because he's not going to be able to and blow Courtney by Ramey them. And Courtney was. Because he's not going to be able to blow by them, it's going to affect their three-point shooting. And guess what? I was right. But if you told me that Marcus Carr scored 25 points and Purdue shot 15% from three and Texas lost, I would have thought you were crazy. I mean, Purdue shot 35% from three. Oh, they were like 35%. Did they really? It was. They okay, were, well, they came on late. They were very cold early. Because they, they started really cold. And two three-point shooters got fouled. Yep. For them, yeah. They took so, 46 free throws and Timmy Allen only played in total like 15 minutes because he was in so much foul trouble yeah oh boy Texas front line was too thin because it is you, I, I said yeah I, I thought that because you could in trouble it's not that they were totally outmatched Dylan D'Souza actually played pretty well Christian Bishop D'Souza's just not mobile like was you tough. said coming off of the ACL surgery of Vandy he he blocked a couple shots though. He looks yeah. pretty good. Um because Purdue's big men aren't super mobile either. No. Travion was great. He, he was had amazing. The, his touch around the basket, you know, his vision's consistent. His touch around the He's basket such a good passer. isn't. Like frankly, he would he'll go through spurts where he misses like a little bit of like open bunnies. He couldn't miss he that make. game, man. Couldn't miss that game. Once you get that Travion, that team is yeah, unstoppable. The, the point I was trying to make very quickly though yeah. is it's not that Texas was completely outmatched. It's that they were too thin. Yep. Because if you had four guys who are D1 big men, then you can just foul up Zach will probably fix that. Foul up Travion Williams. Oh, he definitely will. Yeah. He's not going to get caught like this again. Yeah. And he recruited Trey Mitchell in to be that guy. Yeah. Um, to be the third big man in the rotation. But Brock Cunningham was basically their third big man in this game. Yep. And you can't beat a team with two giants – Playing like that. Yeah. Especially when Bishop is in foul trouble. Yeah, so that's Painter's first win against Beard in the tournament. Beard was 2-1 and one against him because at Little Rock and then at Texas Tech in the Sweet yep. 16. That was a dominant Purdue team, too. That team could have gone far. Does Matt Painter get to the Elite Eight? Yes. For the first time since... Ryan Klein. Oh, yep. gosh. Uh, yep. He... He definitely does. I mean, this is the thing we talked about before with these 15s is... This is a St. Peter's team that was sub-top 240 in offensive efficiency coming into this. And what is the formula for an upset team? A defensive-minded team that gets red hot from three. What did they do against Kentucky? They shot 55% from three against them. Yep. Their best shooting performance probably all year. Now that the weekend has gone by, they're probably going to lose their rhythm. It's just the reality of it. Now, defensively, now Ivy's a tough task. And Edie at 7-4, dude, Sheboy had 30 and 16 on him. St. Peter's is small. Very small. Now, they're active, and they force turnovers, and they can stay in front which of guys. Which Texas did a good job of doing, yeah, too. Yeah, which so. Texas did. But I wouldn't be shocked if they switched to like some zone like they did against Kentucky. Like They had like the 2-3 the like or 3-2, I can't remember. Where they just did not let them pass the ball to Oscar every possession towards the end. 
if they make this a Miami versus Auburn type of game, and and they don't play super fast, but if they can find a way to somehow do that and run the big men out of the game, that's their only chance, really. Yeah. And that's the thing. Do you stay with what is worked all year for you, or do you go that? I will say they have the home court advantage playing in Philly. No, they don't. Well, okay. <laughs> they they they, they have. And no, but they have, trap. they have as good of a home yeah. court as they could. As they could, true. Yeah. Exactly. They had as good of a city as they could. Yeah. And, you know, Purdue is a 12 and a half point favorite. Yeah. I fully expect them to cover that. I will say, and we were talking about this, Harris. So, I guess the Friday of Champ Week, I came over. We wanted to turn on the Dayton versus, I believe, UMass or Richmond. Richmond. One of those. It was Richmond. Yep. We want to turn on that game because, oh, Dayton's going to roll into the tournament. They're super hot. Little did we know Richmond was going to upset Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Well, if, if you came over on Friday, that would have been UMass. It was either Friday or Saturday. Yeah, okay. Saturday would have been Richmond. Your roommate, yeah. Shane Brennan, <laughs> yeah, is fun. apparently a Monmouth fan. Apparently. It Apparently. came out of nowhere. He wanted to watch the Max semifinal. <laughs> yeah. It was St. Peter's versus Monmouth. I believe that game was played in the 50s. No one could dribble. Everyone was turning the ball over. Terrible basketball. And we said, Shane, St. Peter's basketball. can you turn this crap off? Like, <laughs> And trust me, we don't talk down about college basketball, even small conference normally. No. We love it. That was just a bad game. But it was taking up one of the TVs. Exactly. And it was a bad game. Yeah. And we're saying, Shane, can we please change the channel? No, this is great basketball. <laughs> Little did we know the team that we were insulting was going to be a 15 seed that made the Sweet 16. This just goes to show it matters how you play for two of a, a three-day span, two games. In and three that days. is why you should not use the NCAA tournament as the only example of your season's outcome. Preach. You shouldn't say, you know, like St. Peter's did not have a better season than Kentucky. Agreed. No. They didn't, but they had a better two games in the tournament. Yeah, so, I mean... Yep. And I think if Murray State wasn't so banged up... Yeah, that could have been... I mean, they had, like, four players hurt by the end of that game. I mean, like... I'm just happy they won a game. Yeah, you have, like, the size of K.J. Williams and Tevin Brown, and... Yeah. Justice Justice Hill played well. Justice Hill? Like, the... Yeah, the the guard. Not the Ravens running back. Not the former Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, running back. Shouts to Justice Hill. Do you think McMahon is still the coach at Murray State next year? No. I think there's too many coaching, yeah, too many openings that could potentially happen. Too many. I think his only, the only chance that actually happens is he's just waiting for an even better. How about job. Sean Miller going back to Xavier? Harris, you want to jump to coaching hires <laughs> so soon. We have, I know, I do. It's, it's the middle point. of March, and you're like, it, yeah, uh, off oh, season. I know. I, I no, that is insane. I'm, I'm, I'm not criticizing you for it because... Xavier's going to, like, coincidentally start recruiting well, just randomly. I wonder why. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder drop why. Drop bag. Drop <laughs> bag. Take a play out of the Rick Stansberry playbook. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so UNC-UCLA. You got winning that game. UCLA. They're the better team. team. And the thing is, people are talking right now, how could you pick against UNC? They're so hot. They were hot for a weekend. They caught a very injured Baylor team. Yeah. That, with a couple calls, could have won that game. Now, the manic ejection was bogus. And do you... He could have gone for 40. Do you think the momentum flips like it did if... And, of course, this is very hypothetical, but do you think it switches the way it did if he doesn't foul out? I don't think... I think Brady Manic makes a difference, but I don't... I don't think it changes. I think the same thing happens. You think Baylor would have come back? Yep. And the thing is, Brady Manic's not a good defender either. I mean... You know, he's a good scorer, and he sh- he was a hot scorer. They're better with him, I agree. They're better with him, but I- I'm not a big, like, I think momentum is, like, in a way to describe it, a little bit fluky. Oh, it's just agreed. Like, yeah, yeah. So when a team catches fire like that, it's because the team is realizing what they've done right and what they're doing wrong, and they're capitalizing on it every time. I think if it's a pivotal moment like that, though, they pause for four minutes to replay it, and... A- player on their team felt like they got hit in the face, which they did. Yeah. Um, it, it spurs them up a little bit. I think there's definitely a psychological element to all this. Yeah. But 
I agree that it's not everything. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have this good of players on a court, there's going to be times where one team takes advantage. There's going to be times where another. That just happens. In UNC, I'm going to be honest, they're not going to be able to. I don't think they're going to be able to compete with UCLA's balance. But they're top 15 in offense and defense. I'm worried about Jaime Jaquez. Like I, Jaime's ankle is. Ah, uh, that's such a concern. Dude, the AJ Griffin injury and the Jaime Jaquez injury could potentially change this. Because if I, if Jaime's fully healthy, I'm picking them to the Final Four. If yeah. not, I'm picking oh, Purdue. Like, I, like that's Purdue has to be one of the most unbalanced Final Four teams ever. But they have the personnel, they have the talent, and they have the coach. So, yeah. Would what th- would the over-under be on North Carolina-Purdue? <laughs> Points. Instead of like 161.5? Yeah, literally. literally. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It'd, you, be you, like the, it'd be like the, the Iowa-Purdue over-under. Yeah. I, just to clarify, are you taking Purdue minus 12.5 over St. Peter's? Yep. Are you taking UCLA minus 2.5 over UNC? I do. I lean UCLA. I, I would too. Even with the Jaime... Regardless, banged up too, regardless of Jaime, like they only average nine turnovers a game. Like that's fifth lowest in all of college basketball. Like Tiger, like not a single player on their team averages over one point six turnovers per game. Yep, they're deep too. Like this is an awesome basketball team, coached by a great coach in Mick Cronin, who took them to the Final Four last year. They were a half court shot away from playing in the title. So. Yep. I still lean with the Bruins. It's funny that you're on the Bruins right now because preseason you were very off. I was very off them. Um, I have since gotten back, like starting in like February. I got back. They've been slowly climbing up the computer rankings. And then all of a sudden, you look at their resume and you say, hey, they're way better than what their resume says. And plus you look at their personnel. It's like, all right, Tiger's three-point shooting is what changed this team. Like, that is what changed this team. It's People like, thought it was going to be Peyton Watson. Yeah, and Peyton Watson is, like, a top-five recruit, but he's, like, their 10th man. He's not very good yeah, right now. Yeah, which is weird. So, no, it went from Tiger being, like, a 30% three-point shooter to, like, a 45%. If 40, Agreed. I think something like that. Yeah. So, but are, yeah. You, are you going to stick with the same Final Four plus UCLA? Yep. I stick with the Houston Final Four. I stick with the... Gonzaga um, and Kansas as Gonzaga, well. Gonzaga, Kansas. I stay with my national title game of Gonzaga and Kansas, except UCLA makes it. Yep, I completely agree with you. Are you sticking with the same championship game and champion? Yep. Same here. Yeah, there you go. I stick with Gonzaga winning it. They just got through two very hard games, and now their probability has skyrocketed in terms of them winning it. They still the issue, have two really hard games, though. Yeah, I know. Because Gonzaga... The, the thing that was stopping me, like you said, is it going to be an Illinois thing where they run into just like a really high-powered nine? And like Arkansas is good for too. They've been, yeah. they won 13 out of 15 games close season. They're dangerous, man. They're really dangerous, and they have the size and athleticism. I hope you're officially up. sold on Eric Musselman now. He's slightly above average now. <laughs> he's growing on me. He's growing on me. Oh, I'm sure he's slightly also, above Also, shout out Kelvin Sampson and Eric Musselman for just purveying this trend of taking your shirt off to yeah. celebrate. I, okay. It's such good entertainment. Eric Musselman, like, dude, I expected that. Like, Agreed. He's, you know, Kelvin Sampson, I did not expect that coming. I'm rooting for Houston the rest of the tournament. Like that, oh, but that's not good for my bracket. I'm rooting for my bracket, but if my bracket has to be busted, Like, Kelvin go, Sampson go is like I've been the... a Coog fan since Rob Gray, so, yeah. Yeah. Great shot against San Diego State. Yep. Dude, San Diego State has the worst tournament luck. They do. And I, I'd say Tennessee's definitely up there. But it's San Diego State. Texas broke the shock of curse, baby. Let's they go. did. They won their first tournament game since the year of all war in 2014. Yep. The, all right. The Redway tip in. So we've talked about all the teams. I, I thought this segment would be cool. We're giving players some love. So the all-first weekend team. Yes. And so our point guard and Harris hasn't heard these yet, so he's reacting real time. Yeah, I, I am. I am. It's something I wanted to put together. Charlie Moore is the point guard. Go Canes, baby. You agree with it? 
I was literally talking to Ben, shout out to Ben Picorni, about Charlie Moore today. He was talking about how painful it was. He played at DePaul? Because he played at DePaul to watch him doing well in the tournament. And then he played at Cal, too. And Kansas. And Kansas. Charlie Moore has been everywhere. Four programs, six years. Charlie Moore is the Shaquille O'Neal of college basketball. Charlie Moore is your favorite All-American traveler, baby. <laughs> 15 yeah. and a half points, six rebounds, six assists, three and a half steals, efficient. I didn't think it'd be first team, but okay. When you looked at, when I looked at the efficiency, the three and a half steals, six assists per game, low turnovers, dude, it was clear. Drew a controversial foul against USC. It was between him, Remy Martin, and Kennedy Chandler for that point guard spot. And I went with him. <laughs> He had better stats than Kennedy, and he won both games, unlike Kennedy. Hmm. Um, Team success. Kyler Edwards is my shooting guard. The quietest 20-point-per-game average of the first weekend. He he had an inefficient regular season, but he has turned it around. 10 of 20 three-point ranges tournament. Six-and-a-half boards, three-and-a-half assists. And the reason that people aren't talking about him or Houston, really, is because they haven't played a close game yet, like a lot of these other teams have, and... They've rolled. Kyler Edwards has been the engine, and he makes the all-tournament team. I just have Texas Tech still has him. Yeah, man. Yeah, interesting one. Crazy. Though. But, yeah. Small he's, forward. He's doing good for Houston. Or he, third guard, whatever you want to call it. Ben Matherin. Yeah. 24 points a game. Efficiency hasn't been amazing, but he was so clutch down the stretch. He was. Against TCU, that dunk. Oh no my, one else my for U of A found much offense outside of him and Coloco. Yep. So, and yeah. wink, wink, we may get to. Yeah, I'm sure. Later. I'm sure. It was between Ben Matherin, Teddy Allen, and Brady Manick for this spot. That's tough. The fact that Manick fat out so early made me go with yeah, Matherin. Yeah, I would probably would have chosen Teddy Allen. But his game against Arkansas was not very good. His game against UConn, dude, he single-handedly won that game. I know. He was so close. Um, And then my big men. The big men have had the best tournament so far. This group between Brady Manick, who's averaging like 26 points a game this tournament, Hunter Dickinson, who we already talked about how dominant he's been. Yeah. But these two guys were just a little better. Drew Timmy, averaging 28.5 points per game, leading scorer of the tournament so far, 13.5 rebounds, Three assists a game to one turnover a game. Part of the year race is epic with him, Sheboy and Keegan. Like, I think Sheboy's already wrapped it up. But I do too, yeah. If Drew Timmy, if Gonzaga wins the national title, Drew Timmy will be tournament most outstanding player. Yeah. I don't see him slowing down. Awesome. And then Christian Coloco, out of nowhere, man. He's been a good defensive Someone player. Someone out of nowhere, but yeah. 22 and a half points a game is out of nowhere. That is the defense isn't. There's a reason Agreed. U of A is top 10 in the country defensive efficiency. Four assists per game, four blocks per game. Yeah, the four assists. Pe- people per thought Chet was going to be the biggest unicorn in this tournament. It's Christian Coloco. Duran definitely messed with Chet. I think his length and athleticism messed with him a lot. But yeah, man, I thought that that was a little fun exercise. And again, the benches Hunter Dickinson, Remy Martin, who we didn't really mention, but man. He's yeah. come out Remy nowhere, has finally had, healthy. He hasn't had the touches, but he has had an efficient season. He's shooting, like, I believe over 50% from the field. He's coming off the bench right now, He's too, which like is perfect. He's having a near 2-1 assist turnover ratio. The total opposite of what he was at ASU. He was an e- like a volume-dependent, inefficient player. And he goes to Kansas, and he is this very important gelling piece. I think that goes to show players fill the roles that they're asked to by coaches. Yeah. Instead of getting so upset at players for playing style. Yeah. I think we should look at the necessity of that. Also, it's Bill Self. Right. Top like three. You're playing Top for three like, coach in college basketball. Yeah. 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 And then Teddy Allen, Brady Manick, and Kennedy Chandler. Rock top, baby. Hope to see him in the candy striped shorts. Checkerboard shorts once again. Yeah. I've uh, really drew like... Seeing that Juwan clip like really made me emotionally attached to Kennedy Chandler. And man, yeah, it was a good career if he decides to leave. We'll see. I no. mean, Tennessee's going to return a lot next year. Not that that's relevant, but like they return a lot. They, they're one Agreed. big man away from being like a preseason ranked top three team next year. And I wouldn't be shocked if Adu, Euros, or Huntley Hatfield took a step. Or if they bring in a great transfer. Definitely looking at Hunley Hatfield. I mean, he was a 17-year-old coming off ACL surgery that should have been a senior in high school. Yeah. And we started him. 
And because of Olivier getting hurt, frankly, that's the issue. So. Agreed. Yep. Harris, any last words? I do not have any. I think we covered pretty much everything, Keith. For once, Harris doesn't have any more words. <laughs> we talked it out of him, folks. Well, great weekend of basketball coming up. We could not be more hyped. Yeah. The tournament is here. It is live and it is well. Thank you for listening to Triple Threat on Blaze Radio. BlazeRadioOnline.com. More company men. For Harris X, I'm Keith Dotley. And uh, cue that music. <laughs>